Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. This is Matt Gunlock from the 3GIQ Podcast. I'm set down here today with Ian Norris. Now, Ian and I, you know, we kind of have some history. Uh, we're both Marines. Um, you know, we do like the crayons. But we actually <laughs> served in 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines together back in 2005-2006 timeframe and uh, deployed together. I was, uh, you know, dumb grunt rifleman. Uh, Ian had a more specialized role as a machine gunner. So, uh, yeah, uh, Ian, uh, tell us about yourself, son. Hey, uh, Matt, thanks for having me. Appreciate it and happy to be here. Yeah, so, uh, like you said, we served together in the Marine Corps. That's where I got my uh, start and learning about firearms and shooting and uh, kind of got me to where we are today here shooting three gun um i'm up in philadelphia where i am a uh, firefighter now i've been doing that for almost 10 years i am married and i have two children so it's uh when i'm not on the range you know family man and work and then everything three gun after that so uh to kind of add to it um so ian and i you know both Ian and I got out. I decided to go back in, but you know, like so many people, um, you kind of lose touch with people. So between 2006, when I got out and then it was 2020, which was the next time I saw Ian, 2020 was the first time we actually saw each other. And it happened to be at a peacemaker match and you were wearing a third battalion, second Marine shirt. And we were like, I know you. And you're like, <laughs> I know you. Like, That's right. And we were like Kilo Company 3-2 Alkime. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was a lot thinner. Not that he's big or anything like that, but he was skinnier than what he is right now. And he was carrying around a 240 uh, running through house to house in Iraq. It, it, it was interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I went in in uh, 04. I served from 2004, 2008, and we crossed paths when I got to uh, I got to Kilo Company about August of 2004. Did the workup, and we deployed beginning of uh, 2005 to Al Qaeda. Yeah, that was what like, February time frame. Yeah, February, end of February, um, through what September there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we cross fans with three, two definitely remember. Uh, yeah. Times I think I'd have been down around 145 pounds. And you know, uh, at the beginning of that deployment, bulked and, up a little to like 155. <laughs> and in the place that everybody kind of met up in whenever we weren't out doing any kind of combat operations was a smoke pit board there in Al Qaim. So, you know, back oh, yeah. in those days I was doing three packs a day. I, I don't smoke yes. anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. Luckily, uh, I just stopped smoking about eight months ago now. So, but yeah, about two to three packs a day in that smoke bit there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Couldn't afford that on today's prices. No, luckily uh, they were all those free cigarettes. That we yeah, <laughs> the United One Hundreds. Right. But yeah. uh, um, so how would you compare the training you received back then? compared to how we train today like we have a very specific way we train for three gun how would you say it was whenever we joined the marine corps yeah so one specialized as a machine gun i definitely felt uh competent and capable um all things machine gun you know with the rifle i didn't get as much time as the 11 so i am uh, i'd say i'm head and shoulders above where I was, uh, as a Marine, uh, compared to, you know, where I am now and just my understanding of, um, you know, ballistics and optics and, um, different techniques is, is just further along, uh, at the time, uh, the, the training was pretty basic, I'd say compared to my knowledge now, you know, agreed. I, uh, yeah so i felt very confident uh safety wise uh spent a lot of time on manipulations magazine changes things like that very good with uh, a lot of time with the rifle for cqb you know that's where i spent uh most of the time training when uh you know we got to you know decide what we were actually doing weren't on ranges when we were in the quad sure you know a lot of manipulations, a lot of CQB, but after that, say marksmanship uh, was not on a level that it should have been. Now, you also get to rely on the other members of your team and your squad and platoon and so on, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not just you out there. Like in three gun, you're the only guy yeah. knocking down those targets out there. Uh, in the Marine Corps, you know, you got the benefit of uh, having everybody else with you. So if you, you know, there's a lot more going into combat than just uh, marksmanship. But uh, if we get those Marines on a level like our competitive shooters are, they would definitely be a uh, more deadly fighting force. And that's the goal. Yeah. So I guess safe to assume if you were to go into combat nowadays with the skills you have now, you would feel a lot more competent with your survivability and lethality than what you did back then. Uh, 100%. Yeah, as just an individual Marine with a rifle, I would uh, love to have the skills I have now. I Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think back to that all the time. and People ask me similar question, like, how would you feel now compared to back then and head and shoulders above? Um, I wish I had those types of skills now. You know, some right. people would could potentially still be alive if we had those same type of skills. Right. And just uh the knowledge like i remember when we got issued acop so majority of uh workup for that first deployment in 05 we were uh at least iron i was sights. You know, still had iron sights on the gun yeah and it wasn't until shortly before the deployment where we were just handed acogs they're put on our rifle without really being zeroed you know mm-hmm. yep. we were basically told you know the tip of the chevron is for you know close quarter uh, you know, the base of it's 200 and then your subtensions, you know, three, four, however many it went down. But 
you know, now understanding that, um, you know, you got to know the muzzle velocity, you know, that you're actually getting out of your ammo to make those sub tensions line up correctly. And, you know, if, if a class was taught, you know, teaching us all that and what actually goes into properly zeroing a rifle and understanding the ballistics, you know, that would have been uh, very beneficial. No, totally. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. So since we're kind of talking about training now, um, currently, how do you train maximizing your time for live fire, drive fire, specific skills that you're focusing on? Yeah, so uh, I feel pretty lucky in the work schedule I have as a fireman. I, uh, I work four days on and then four days off. So I work, uh, it's two day works and two night works and I'm off for four days. So I have, uh, six out of every eight days where at least the possibility that I can make it to the range. So I can go and go to the range before my night works and go on any of my four off. So I try to get up, uh, to the range at least once a week with that. Um, and then uh, right now, minimum, trying to dry fire three days a week at a minimum. You know, usually it's probably uh, four, five. But um, the big thing with the live fire, you know, where I feel like it turned to corner, when you start in this sport, you got to make sure that every round that you're putting down range has training value in it. You know, you, you stop just going to the range and shooting at paper, uh, not really having a purpose uh, for what you're doing. So trying to plan out my range sessions before I go, maximize my time on it. Cause I got an hour and 15 minute ride up to the range. You know, it's not around the corner. I got to set up a bay, you know, I got to get my work in usually, you know, break down the stage. And a lot of times I got to get home and time to pick my daughter up from school, you know? Right. So even though, you know, it seems like a lot of time really, um, you know, it's important to be focused and that I'm not wasting, uh, you know, my time on the range. So definitely, uh, I'm planning them out beforehand. I know the specific drills I'm running and, you know, when I get up there, it's all business and I'm not really, you know, wasting rounds. So making sure everything counts. Um, and then live fire. So what I've been doing this year, uh, so far I have broken down and just doing one gun at a time. That's something new for me before mm -hmm. I'd break out. I do all three guns, you know, usually every time I went to the range, I'm bringing all three guns with me. Mm -hmm. Now I've uh, I started doing just one gun at a time. So I started off January. I did all pistol, you know, uh, and I went back. I realized that last year I kind of plateaued. I wasn't happy with my match performances. I feel like uh, for the first few years I was doing this. Um, I was steadily improving. Mm -hmm. And there's so much knowledge uh, from, you know, shooters doing this at a higher level than me out there for free. There's podcasts, Instagram, Facebook. There's a ton of knowledge out there, right? Right. So I was soaking that all up. Um, and But I got to a point last year where I felt like without seeking out uh, 
you know, a class from somebody that's been doing this longer than me and at a higher level than me, then I couldn't go any further just on the podcast and the Instagram videos, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I went down and I trained with uh, Rick Torres. And uh, he really opened up my eyes on, you know, some of the deficiencies. And uh, after talking with him, I think I realized that I, I was cutting corners to try to move up the leaderboard, you know? Right. So I wasn't concentrating on the fundamentals. I was just worried about going fast. So now I'm going back. I'm trying to refine those skills and uh, get back to the fundamentals. And uh, hopefully that will, uh, you know, get me through this plateau here and uh, get back on the right track. So how how do you plan on training for specific matches? Because every match has a different flavor. And let's be real. We've been to a a multitude of different types of matches, uh, you know, from matches that are natural terrain to base style matches. How do you train for those specific situations? Yeah. So specific matches, uh, one, I go back and uh, I look at, old video so if i haven't been in a match before i'll get on instagram and uh you know i'll check out other shooters uh videos that they posted from the year before or go back several years get a feel for the style of the match um you know like i said you got to know whether it's going to be uh you know going fast in bays or it's going to be long natural terrain stages if you know working on your long range rifle is going to help you out more than you know working uh pistol or shotgun you got to know what you're in for. So I start with the videos and then um, I take a look at the matchbook when that comes out. Now, the diagrams they give you in the matchbook aren't always going to be accurate to what you see on the ground. Uh, but, you know, read through the stage descriptions. I look at the start positions. So if there's a lot of unloaded starts, you know, that's something that I'm going to throw into my uh, dry fire and live fire more. If uh, there's a lot of starts with a slung rifle or shotgun, then I'm going to throw that into my training more. So really just, again, you know, get on the internet and uh, all that information's out there about the match, you know, previous year, unless they're going to change match director and then the entire uh, flavor of the match could change on you, you know, but you can always go back and look at other matches that they've uh, directed and see what, what they like to do. So uh, talking about matches, what, what do you have lined up for this year? Yeah. So right now I'm getting ready to go to uh, superstition next week out in Mesa, Arizona. So I'm excited about that. That's my first time shooting that match. Um, and then from there, April, we got Texas three gun. I'll be going to also my first time going. That's you will really enjoy that. Um, I know you, I don't think you've ever made it out to Blue Ridge, but uh, no, you've, prob- you've probably heard enough stories about Blue Ridge and they, right. they have tried making that match much like a Blue Ridge type match. So know your holds, um, prepare for shotgun and prepare to move long, long distances at times. Yeah, I like the ability to, uh, you know, take advantage of those long, uh, long runs, you know, and get on it a little bit. So that usually uh, plays well to my style. So what else you got? 
and then so June around here in Pennsylvania is uh, a couple of our local matches. We got three man, three gun and uh, the mid Atlantic championship. So both those matches I'll be working this year. Okay. Uh, so I won't be doing any traveling in June. Um, and then right now in July, we got uh Wisconsin state three gun championship. And then um, that is all I'm registered for right now. So we'll see um, what that uh, later on in the year, August through November looks like still not hundred percent sure what matches I'll be headed to then. Nice. So it sounds like you got a full schedule. Yeah. And always, a, you know, uh, you got Memorial three gun, you got Fort Benning in the fall, you know, a lot of good matches. So we'll see what I can make uh, later on in the year. Maybe some AK matches, you know. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. How, how does that play into your uh, work life uh, family balance? Well, with family, I, uh, I'm very lucky that my wife's very supportive, which I assume that most of the guys out there uh, doing what we're doing have a uh, strong support system at home or they just don't have a family and you know, <laughs> nobody to uh, answer to. So <laughs> nobody to answer to you that. when you drop a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my wife has been very supportive. So uh, I'm very grateful for that. I, uh, I don't, I mean, Saturdays I leave for my kids sports, you know, I'm mm -hmm. going to uh, soccer and softball. My daughter's in jujitsu and dance. So I got a full schedule, you know, going to practices and games, but I leave Saturday or sorry, Sundays for uh, local matches. And then uh, I can, you know, if I can get away one weekend a month or, uh, you know, for a major, that that's the goal. Uh, like for work wise, again, I'm just, very lucky that you know i have four of every eight days off and um it's very easy to get off so we can just uh mutual exchange of tours it's called so if i need a sunday off to shoot a match i can just have anybody fill in for me and then i just pay them back at a later time nice. so it's very flexible uh and allows me to uh shoot as much as i do oh that's awesome um yeah so last year was kind of a breakout year for you is whenever you first started getting your sponsors, um, who do you, and, and it just kind of kept getting better from there. So who, who are you currently representing right now? Yeah. Like I said, that was uh, my first year. I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I spent a few years playing the game before uh, tried to uh, get any sponsors. You know, I see a lot of people, uh, that's one of the first questions they're asking, you know, after a few matches, how do you get mm. sponsors? So definitely. So I waited three or four years, uh, shooting before I thought about that. So right now I am representing, uh, IWI, uh, their local company here in, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, they, uh, they got their name on a ton of matches. So oh, yeah. I'm sure. Everybody out there has seen uh, IWI in the prize table. You've seen their banners up. If uh, if you don't own one of their firearms, they're a huge supporter of the uh, shooting sports, and that's you know one of the things I love about having a relationship with them 
And, uh, you know, Jeremy is great. He really understands the sport and understands exactly uh, what we need besides, um, you know, being able to support me with, uh, you know, the gear I need to run matches. He's also able to, uh, you know, give advice because he's been shooting this uh, game for a while himself, you know, and he understands it very well. Uh, also shooting for Vortex Optics. That is another company that really doesn't need an introduction to uh, three gunners. Oh, no. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, very you know, thankful for their support as well. And then uh, this year, new will be uh, Wobby's Shoes. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I met those guys. They, uh, they're, uh, their founder and then their current CEO stopped by my firehouse a few months back. Okay. They, uh, we got some mutual friends. So they were on the East coast. They're a Texas based company. Uh, 100% American made shoes basically took a combat boot and threw a sneaker on top of it. So I'm going yeah, to they stopped by the out. firehouse and what's up. I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah, man. Check them out. Everyone should will shoes.com. Uh, but yeah, they stopped by the firehouse. They're awesome dudes. Uh, bunch of veterans, you know, uh, founders of Green Beret, CEO is a former Marine. So we got to talk in and uh, we've been in touch ever since. Uh, hopefully I get to go hang out with those guys maybe uh, before shooting Texas three gun. So that'd be pretty cool. And then also uh, Smith Concealment, who is a local guy, uh, friend of mine I've been shooting with for a long time now he uh does my holsters and you know all my uh, belt mag pouches belt accessories all that no that's that's awesome um and and we couldn't do what we do without the support that they give the sport half the time it's not just about what they're going to give you it's about how they support the matches um and how they take care of the competitors right yeah definitely um one to work with companies that just have a passion for the sport same way i do you know and iwi and vortex that's what you get you know uh, Absolutely. uh they're shooters you know and just uh yeah a ton of support from those guys and you know they're out there supporting uh everything they got their name on everything out there <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh to kind of finish it all off what what do you currently have as your goals for this upcoming season yeah so goals so i read with winning in mind okay this winter you know like i said so i pla- i felt felt like i plateaued last year and i was not um performing where i wanted to last year you know at least uh, locally, you know, I can still get out of uh, winning some matches. Uh, but when uh, when I go to a major, just I was not happy with my performance. So and one of the things I thought was, uh, you know, a change in my mental game was needed, along with, you know, changing the way I train and changing the way I prepare for uh, matches and stages. So I learned a lot from that book. So as far as goals are concerned you know it talks about uh outcome goals and process goals mm-hmm. so i'm really setting process goals for myself of course my goal is you know we have several um 
point series up here in PA. So one held out in York PA at the Isaac Walton League. And then IWI is running a multi-gun uh, series throughout five different clubs in PA this year. So, of course, my goal is to win those uh, series, right? But that's an outcome goal. So, and a lot of that is out of my hands. There are mm-hmm. a bunch of talented shooters around here. They could be out there working their ass off too. And I can't do anything about that. You know, I can't, you know, dictate how much somebody else trains. I can only dictate what I do. So then I'm setting process goals for myself. And that's where, um, uh, you know, setting goals of minimum three days a week. I'm dry firing one day a week. I'm live firing, you know, so at minimum each week I make those goals. As long as I do that, you know, I'm, I'm sticking through that process. And then hopefully by the end of the season, you know, I meet my outcome goal, you know? So there's some things, uh, you know, where I'd like to place in uh, major matches, uh, winning these local point series that are outcome goals, but I'm really sticking to these process goals. And then every few weeks I'm reevaluating that process and then setting new process goals, you know, so evaluate how the last three weeks of training went. And if, you know, it didn't go so well, maybe we need to dry fire four days a week, not three days a week. Maybe we need to, uh, you know, get to the range twice a week or whatever the case may be, but every few weeks reevaluating what's working and what's not working. That's where I'm at with uh, goal setting for this year. No, awesome. Um, do you have any uh, last words of wisdom that you want to leave the listeners with before we go? Yeah, well, I would just say uh, that you will get out of this sport what you put into it. So, you know, if you put in the hard work, uh, you're going to see the results. Uh, if you don't, if, you, if you're not out there training, if you're not working hard, then uh, you're not going to be moving up the leaderboard. Um it's not always about, you know, just buying the new gear. You got to get out and train with it. Yep. Uh, you know, your sights aren't off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's, you got to shoot more. You know? If you, if you know, you have a limited budget, spend the money on what you can get and spend the rest of the money on ammo and training. Right. Exactly. 100%. Awesome. Well, I do appreciate you coming on here and it's great talking and seeing you again. Yeah, man. Great to hear from you. I uh, really enjoyed sitting down with you. Absolutely. You have a good one. Uh, You too. I'll see you out there, buddy. All right.